Hello and welcome to the Quiz at Play Season 2 E3 Special. I'm your host for this special. My name's Mark and I'm joined as always by Ruben. Hello. And for this E3 Special by Graham. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You're more than welcome. I'm very excited to have you on. Excited to be here. So this is our first uh, E3 podcast recording, and I think it's fair to say that this has been an unusual E3. Just a smidge. At best. It's a word. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still nice to have it back after its absence last year. Oh yeah, for sure. I think uh, it felt compromised, but it still had a lot of great yeah. things on show. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's better to have it than to not have it, even if it wasn't exactly what we all remember it being in the past. It's very much like, for, unless you're actually there, for the majority of people, it's a digital thing anyway. E three in general, like mm, so, the majority true. of things don't really feel that much different for us. It's sometimes nice to see like all the booths and things like that and people actually going to play things and like shaky footage of games and stuff like that. But you don't really miss all that much unless you're actually there. So it's no big deal. Yeah, I think that's probably the only thing that's missing is when the journalists get to go and have their hands on kind of sessions with the demos and you get a little bit yeah. more kind of info that way. But um, yeah, you're right. For most people, it's just a digital only experience anyway. Yeah. Um, so, without further ado, let's get on with some general E3 nonsense. Um, I think the first thing I think we want to talk about is something that's going to make Reuben very happy. Hades. More Hades chat. Yeah, Me happy too. Never miss an yeah. so, opportunity. So Hades is now available on just about every platform going, or at least the main ones. Um, Deservedly so. Mm-hmm. deservedly so Ruben's game of the year last year yep. um, is now coming to Xbox and Game Pass on top of that and PlayStation 4 and 5 so that was you know because the it was announced during Xbox wasn't it Hades coming to all platforms yeah. but then when they yes they announced it um, uh, coming to the Xbox and then the PlayStation 4 I guess was part of a press release afterwards but that's just great news. The more people that can play that game, the better. Totally if agree. I'm it was one of my favourite games of last year as well. And I generally don't like roguelike type games. I'm normally really bad at them. So it was nice to have a game that I actually enjoyed that's in that kind of area. So I managed to escape about three or four times and that was it. I think you've escaped about as many times as I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always I'm, think I'm doing really well usually... until Hades, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then he defeats you, yeah. I, yeah, they're not usually my kind of game either, but, you know, like you, I've really enjoyed playing Hades. And I should probably play it a bit more before I incur Ruben's wrath at having not probably <laughs> finished it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've fully finished it. Are you going to... <laughs> Are you going to play it again on Xbox, then? Probably. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> you've got this cross pro- pro- cross progression right so you can oh is that in it i didn't even know well there is between switch and pc i kind of just assumed that that would include cross progression to 
the PlayStation and Xbox versions as well, but I don't know if that's been announced. I've not heard anything, but it just it just gives me more places that I can play it, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. great. Just need like a, an Android and iOS port now, right? And then you can play it literally everywhere. I mean, I can already do that with the Switch. But well, you can. You can right. with XCloud as well, I suppose. If it, if it's on XCloud, if it appears on there, then you'll be able to do that. Didn't even think about XCloud. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, Literally I play XCloud quite a lot. Yeah, I play it on my phone quite a lot. It's really handy. Um, so moving on, um, not part of a show, but they released and uh, uh, they announced a release date for Fuga, which is, I think, something Ruben knows a little bit more about than than <laughs> me or Graham. I literally, I really, realistically, I have nothing more to say about this than I am so glad they've announced a release date. And also the release date is soon. I think it's in the next couple of months. I think as much as I know is that I read somewhere it's in July. So yeah. Mm. I just want it. That's all. Like that's all, literally all I have to say about it. I just want it. It looks quite cute. It's almost um, Advanced Wars with Animals. Is that a good description of it? It, it is. Um, but the what they've been saying about the gameplay, it makes it a lot more harrowing than that. Um, oh, so get down. like Watership Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Advanced Wars with Animals by Way of Watership Down. There you go. That's a much better description. Um, so you're saying all the animals die. Upsetting. <laughs> Great. Um, the, the animals don't... The, the way they've described the game is that the animals don't die if you play well. But if you are... The way they describe it, if you're failing in a mission, you can actually do... A literally colossally you've literally won that mission attack but you have to sacrifice one of the children in the tank to use that attack wow. um so it sounds both i'm i'm gonna be heartbroken it's gonna happen but i'm so excited about this game just because i've loved all the previous games in this series awesome. and what's it coming to is that, is that pc uh, Switch. I'm sure PS4. it said Switch somewhere. Yeah. Oh, it's, I think Switch, yeah, it's PS4, Switch, like, all right. Cool. Um, there was a Namco Bandai show. Uh, however, they only showed one thing, and that was the House of Ashes Dark Pictures Anthology game. Seemed like a bit of a missed opportunity on their part to show anything more, but clearly they're not ready. Well, like... They've got Tales of Arise coming out in September. Yep. They've got the Dragon Ball Z Kakarot game coming to Switch at a time I can't remember. I've forgotten already. Um, they're still probably they're probably working on something to do with Tekken. Like there's so much that that and Scarlet Nexus comes out in a couple of weeks. They had so many games they could have shown, and yet they just showed House of Ashes. Which is a game that I, it doesn't even fall into kind of what I would traditionally classify as a Bandai Namco game, even. I think it's because they published, uh, didn't they publish um, the other one, the first one that that studio did, which I've now completely forgotten, um, where you have teenagers in a cabin. 
Oh, I've forgotten it. Oh, uh, until, until dawn. Dawn. Yes, until dawn. Didn't they publish that as well? Oh yeah. And, and you know the Dark Pictures anthology is literally the same developer making more games like Until Dawn, just with different characters and different settings. And that's what the Dark Pictures anthology is. Well, people really love yeah, that game, uh, didn't they? So, kind of makes sense. I loved that game. It was an excellent. Yeah, game. I got about three quarters of the way through. I need to finish it. So my, it's another on my list of things I need to finish. Um, talking of weird presentations, though, Cock Media. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but we'll go with it. They had a show that didn't really show anything, from what I could understand. Yeah, are we calling this a presentation? I think didn't they just they do, happened like, to have it at the same time as Easy. Yeah, I mean, and there was several of those presentations, from what I've heard, just several sort of nothing presentations. In fact, we're going to get to one of them in in here, uh, in this podcast. But like, um, this this was like Deviation Games from the Summer Games Fest all over again, just trotting out people that had absolutely nothing to show, and just stretching it out for an inordinately dull amount of time um so well done Comic yeah. media excellent excellent way to launch yourselves into the industry yeah great work <laughs> um and finally just in this kind of general e3 section doki doki literature club plus i am never playing that game again after playing it on pc i'm not doing it to myself again I genuinely know nothing about no, Doki Doki Literature Club. Keep I have no way. idea what that is. Keep it that way. <laughs> Trust me. Keep it that way. The, whatever, whatever you think that game is going to be by looking at it, it is not that. I mean, I'm not even sure I could guess what it's about based on the I mean, I've, and that's all I know about this game. I've just looked at it and you can maybe get an idea, but no, I, I couldn't really tell you anymore. It's a i mean if you for the experience i would say play it but at the same time don't play it um, <laughs> <laughs> um but good that it's coming to consoles although there's there, there's elements in that game that i have no fucking clue how they're going to do it on a console because there's there's parts in that game my, Spoilers here for Doki Doki Literature Club, but there's parts in that game where you have to go into the system files of the game on PC. So <laughs> okay. I don't know how okay. they're going to do that on console. That does sound bizarre. So it's got like a kind of meta 4D element to it, where you literally have to do things outside of the game in order to progress the game. Yes. I kind of like that though. I like the idea of them saying, hey, go into the switch Joy-Con menu and and do a test on your Joy-Cons and see if they work properly as part of the game. I think that's funny. That would be cool. The way that Doki Doki, Doki Literature Club... Uh, I will get that out, right? Doki Doki Literature Club does it, though, is not as pleasant. <laughs> as oh, that. I see. Um, does it involve you going hacking around in, like, configuration files for the game? No, right. Are either of you going to play it? Because I can just tell you. No, absolutely I mean, not. Probably. probably not. And even if I was, I wouldn't care. So. Yeah. Um, it's Spoiler alert for anybody else. Yes, D- spoiler alert for Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, basically, the setup of the game is it's like a anime dating sim. Like any of those anime dating sims you see out there. You, and that's what the impression you'd get from the key art is. 
However, one of the girls that can be romanced in this game is a genuine psychopath. And to <laughs> progress the game, at one point you have to go into the system files of the game and delete her from existing in the game. I think that's really hilarious. I like a game that does something weird like that. Uh, but she ends up killing off the other girls and stuff, so in, ah, in well. very horrid ways. So <laughs> that is bizarre. Um, yeah, it's it takes it like the game is like perfectly normal, and then it just takes the sharpest left turn of any game I've ever experienced, and then from then it's just a fucking horrific, horrific ride. Until you've the made end. me kind of um, interested in it now that you've said all those weird things about it. I'm still not going to play it, but I'm somewhat more interested. But like, it caused a lot. Right. It caused a lot of issues back when it was released because um, it caused um, a couple of people to have breakdowns, I think, or something like that, due to the right. content in it. Because the content comes so out of nowhere, and it's so, um, to, to, for lack of a better word, it's so potentially triggering for people. And it just comes out of nowhere with no warning. So what you're saying is it really should have a, a better warning before people start playing it. That there are elements oh, it definitely of the game that could be potentially. I think they have done, I think the, the way that they've done the plus version, the console version, they've actually added the opportunity, the, 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 the option now to have trigger warnings added. So mm. they have they have considered that for the new release. That's probably for the best. Right, so moving on to the shows proper then. Let's start with the Ubisoft Forward event. How do we all feel about that? It was um, an event. <laughs> yes, they attended, and I may have woke up at some point during it, probably for Mario and Rabbits. But yeah, it was a very, very long-winded yeah, sure. certainly. Like first half, it was it was very um, military shooter heavy. Yeah, Rainbow Six and Ghost Recon and well, they talked about Rainbow well, I mean, Six not military shooter, but well, they talked about it twice. There was two Rainbow Six. There's two different games, yes, though, isn't there? there? There's two different Rainbow Six games. I don't really properly follow it, but it felt weird to do one, and then a bunch of other announcements, and then go back to the other one. Because everybody who hated the first 15, 20 minutes thought they'd got over it. And it's like, nope, some more for you to enjoy. So yeah, it was kind of yeah, so drawn out. Rainbow Six Extraction, which was the sort of four or three player co-op. Left for Dead, basically. Uh, sort of Left for Dead, but with military tactics rather than kind of being a, a sort of fun shooter. As you can tell, not really for me. See, I hate to admit it, but the more I've looked into Rainbow Six Extraction, the more interested I am. Because I like the Left 4 Dead format. And the way that, say, when myself and Mark play Left 4 Dead with a couple of others, we do play it relatively strategically. And I feel like Rainbow Six Extraction is taking that formula and making it in a way that strategy is required rather than just something you end up doing anyway. Do you have those um, same little, those same little chats you hear in in the videos though, the little the little fake chats they put over these videos? Ours are significantly less organised <laughs> <laughs> and angrier. 
<laughs> usually angrier, potentially more offensive. Um. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rainbow Six Extraction looks like, I must admit from that trailer, which went on way too long, by the way, um, I wasn't that fussed. But looking into it more since, I'm like, okay, I could get on board with this. Um, one, I think for me, having played bits of previous Rainbow Six Extraction, uh, sorry, previous Rainbow Six games, the more realistic element of them in terms of uh, how much damage you can take and things like that puts me off. They're not really my kind of game, I have to say. No, nor mine. I think a lot of these games just sort of blend into one for me. Once I've kind of seen Rainbow Six, I've seen Rainbow 7, 8, 9 too. Yeah, and same goes with Call of Duty and and uh, Battlefield. Whenever like all of yeah. those things, the trailers just look identical to me. Yeah. Um, one game that I wanted to bring up from the Ubisoft forward because it was fucking everywhere, and I'm now so sick of that game. I'd be happy to never see it again. Far Cry Six. Far Cry Six did pop up in just about every show going. Yeah. I don't think it and looks great. No, it doesn't. It feels really last gen. I I, I love um, Giancarlo. I think he's amazing. And I think if it didn't have him in it, I'm not sure anybody would be that arsed about it. But I, yeah, I think it looks kind of dull. Yeah. Yeah, which is a real shame. I mean, people do rave about certainly Far Cry 4. Um as having quite an iconic villain. And I think, you know, a lot of games, a really good villain can make a game. Um, I've personally not played a Far Cry game, I think, since Far Cry 2. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I don't know how, you know, they've obviously come on quite a long way since then, but... Um, or or tell I mean, me maybe... they haven't. I mean, there's obviously the opportunity, there, there is obviously the other way there, that they could have just not come on at all and they're identical. <laughs> yeah, that is also true. They've just added Gus Spring from Breaking Bad and hoped that we've not noticed it's a different game, essentially. Or the same game. But yeah, Ubisoft are definitely pushing this game hard. And I don't know if that's because they've spent an inordinate amount of money on their special guest star villain. <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah, it's probably that. Because it did show are up they- everywhere. Are they still saying it's not political? Is this a game that's completely apolitical oh, no, they've, they've, from Ubisoft's point of view? They've, admit, they've admitted now that it's political. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So that's, that's as far as they've gone. They've literally just said, this game is political and moved on. Yeah. <laughs> that's more than they've ever said before. So maybe yeah, so. There it, yeah. I mean, but like, so today they've, like recently they've announced that one of their games is political. Then they'll finally admit that all of their games are political in one way or another. And then finally, they'll deal with the sexual harassment stuff that's going on in the company. And then everyone's <laughs> um, well, don't, baby steps. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to get to that point. I can't wait till they announce that Just Dance is political. Like you might, Let's just announce it for everything. Might as well. Well, I mean, it, it's still going as a franchise, which I didn't think was and they added the most perfect song to that as well i'm not really that bothered about just dance but 
nails, hair, hips, heels is the best choice to add to a game like that. I saw your tweet so, about that immediately after it was announced. <laughs> it's just perfect. I cannot wait to see everybody dancing to that song. I think it'll be amazing. It did, yeah. It, I mean, you're right. It's like the perfect game to add, a perfect song to add to that game. It's it's a great choice. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever played a Just Dance game. I don't know that I ever would. Have you not? <laughs> It's it's fun with some drinks, so? but I don't think I would ever sit and play it on my own. No, I, I have no rhythm. That's part of the problem. Um, I don't know if I've ever played. Have I ever played any of those kind of like, like never played like even going back like Dance Dance Revolution things like that. I've never really, never really played them. The closest I got was I've got um, Beat Saber for the PSVR. Which oh, I do enjoy. I still love to play that. I've still never tried it. The best thing about that is obviously just that you've got two lightsabers, one in each hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's really the only reason I bought it. I do like a rhythm must... game. Yeah, I like a rhythm game, but mostly the button pressing ones. Instead of it's the rhythm ones where you physically yeah. have to do something. Yeah. Um, but I'm also questioning my friendship with Mark after hearing that he's never played DDR. Um, Have you never been at like a bowling alley and there's been a DDR? Yeah, in the I mean corner? I've seen them. I've just they they just no, just not just. Um, I don't like to. I don't know. Put myself on show like that. See, when we eventually place. meet in person, Mark, and we go and do something, I I'm taking you to some kind of dance dance revolution <laughs> machine. And you're going to get okay, on but I will it. need I will need to be drunk. That that's absolutely fine. I'll be there, so you will be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of Ubisoft, let's be let's be honest. Mario and Rabbis was the best thing. It was. It's it a shame it leaked. Was. Yeah, I, I was I was mm, devastated yeah. for them that it did leak because everybody loves Davide Soliani. Like he's just the nicest, nicest man. And that the mm. moment when the first game was announced and his little tears at Miyamoto, like that was one of my favourite E3 moments ever um, so it's a shame that this one leaked as well because it would have been an amazing announcement but yeah, it was definitely the best thing at that show It definitely seems to be becoming a, a trend with Mario and Rabbit games <laughs> Yes <laughs> They leak three days before E3 which is, a sh- yeah, like you said, it, it's a real shame because it would have been a great surprise had it, because I don't think right up until that leak happened, there was you know there was there wasn't even any rumours of there being that I remember seeing a new Mario Rabbids game. Mm-hmm. It was just so it would have been an absolute surprise had it had it. Yeah, I think so. Managed to keep it keep the lid on it until the actual reveal, but and, and they've done great. such a good job. Yeah, but, I mean, who would have ever thought years ago that we would enjoy a game with the rabbits, which is like the gaming equivalent yeah. of Minions. I thought we would all absolutely despise it, but it's a really, really good game. It's also weird how they've made the transition from being a a Rayman side thing to being a Mario side thing. And meanwhile, does that mean now that Mario, Mario, and Mario and Ra- Rayman can now exist in the same universe? Well, we've got one character left. They could potentially exist eventually in the same universe. That is true. They could. Rayman could pop up as a, an extra character for Smash, yeah. the final character. Oh, the amount of gamer piss that would boil. 
would be Do glorious. Think, I think people would quite enjoy that being in it. The problem is, I, I will get to this when we get to Smash. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot of characters that Smash fans want to have, and that's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, and the things they're asking for are also unrealistic. But then again, that's what I thought before we got Steve in there. So, <laughs> yeah. Who honestly knows at this point? I would be um, happy to see Rayman and Mario and Rabbits, though. I think that would be a nice little cameo if they just added him in because he is that universe i guess so it'd be pretty cool to add him in hmm. yeah he could just like pop up as in a some kind of bonus character or be great even if maybe they you, you could actually join your squad as a surprise character yeah i think he'd be great and the final thing that ubisoft showed was Avatar <laughs> Frontiers of Pandora. But I don't think anybody could have ever put that on their E3 bingo card, an Avatar game. Mm, no. Not, uh, no. That was I mean, I know they're making like another 75 films. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Avatar cinematic does, universe. Yes. Does anybody care? <laughs> no. I feel that they've had this game ready for ages and ages, but they get annoyed every time James Cameron says... Avatar's now coming out next year instead. Ubisoft are probably just like, for fuck's sake, would you release this movie, please, so we can put out this game that we're done with. We just want to release it. Have you then... <laughs> just, just get it out. Please, yeah. please. Let us release this game. And not only that, like, where is this game in the continuity of the Avatar cinematic universe? Is this a side story? Is this set between films? Is this... Did- does anybody film, really care where it sits? I think Avatar is such a thing that people hate so much, don't they? Like, it's going to be weird when it comes out because I, I'm not sure many people think that fondly of Avatar as a whole. So yeah, I kind of wonder where it'll where it'll sit and how people will actually take to it. Yeah, but also, what was the game? I couldn't figure it out from it's, the trailer. It's first person, which I think's a really weird choice for a game like this it seems like Mm. the sort of game that would just be a big third person i think it's an open world game but it looks like the sort of game that would be third person but it's not um so i think yeah i don't think that's the right choice for that kind of game but they didn't even show any of that there was no didn't seem to be any in-game footage at all no just to give away how it played so you know given that they didn't show anything like that i'm guessing it's probably a way off I'd, it'll Let's probably release at the same time as the film yeah um, so never yeah <laughs> <laughs> well um, also let's be honest um, I forgot my point now uh, I was going to make a point about Avatar um, but I've forgotten it so moving on so I'll move on. Shall I, I'll move on to uh, Devolver Digital and just what a baffling, confusing presentation that was. I had no idea what was going on half. The I don't time think anybody ever does at Devolver Digital, but I still kind of enjoy watching it, even if I don't get it. I don't necessarily even get a lot of the jokes, if they are jokes. I don't really understand what's happening. It feels like a, some kind of weird trip, but it, it was it was fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, 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 the their whole shtick is basically they're taking the piss out of the games industry each year with their with their E3 presentations. And this year was the 
Devolver Max Pass Plus. So taking the piss out yeah. of subscription models. Um, I think personally that this year's one landed poorly compared to previous years in terms yeah, of because, the humour they were trying to aim at. Because did they take the piss out of subscriptions while simultaneously, simultaneously giving us a subscription? I didn't really understand mm. if that was a real thing they were announcing or if they were just taking the piss out of it. I think they were just taking the piss out of it um, and they weren't announcing a subscription because... Um, no, but oh, what they hey. did announce was Devolver Tumble Time, which does appear to be a free-to-play mobile title with in-game app purchases and potentially other problematic gaming elements. So... They're going a bit meta, aren't they? Like, it's... it's yeah, they're taking the piss out well, of themselves. Yeah, and the thing is, it like, and I think that's the reason why the the, the conference, the, the the presentation didn't land quite as well this time because they've now got, in my opinion, a little bit too big for their boots, and they've started doing things that the games industry do anyway, whilst they're taking the piss out of it, like selling yeah. the videotape of the conference, for instance, of which they only sold one videotape, and it ended up going for like a grand or something stupid, um, and it's. That that's the shit the games industry does. That's EA's thing, Devolver. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be better than this, supposedly. Yeah, you're supposed to be the ones taking the piss out of this. I mean, I would have bought the tape, but I don't have a VHS player anymore, so <laughs> felt, felt felt it would have been lost on me. That I don't have a thousand pounds just to waste on a True. videotape. That's it is the first though. time I've watched. Well, it, it's the first time I've watched the Devolver thing and. There's not been really any games that I've liked to look off that much. I don't know what kind of ones were you given. No, um, I, I'm even struggling to remember a lot of what was shown, to be honest, in the Devolver Digital presentation because a lot of them. I think the only one that really stood out for me was uh, Wizard with a Gun, which I thought looked pretty good fun but the rest of the games i don't think you know i really applaud uh sort of indie developers and that kind of thing uh but obviously you know the games have to appeal to you and for me the majority of the things that they show didn't really appeal yeah like wizard of a with a gun kind of looks like hades that's what i thought when i first seen it yeah it's similar style. yeah it's sort of a uh a, a sort of Bullet hell, but medieval roguelite with Hades elements thrown in. I mean, the other. How about you, Ruben? Was, were there any were there any games that stood out for you from Devolver? Um, well, uh, Wizard of a Gun, like both of you, like that looks like my sort of thing. But the other game that really I, I really took notice of was Death's Door. That sort of isometric Zelda-inspired kind of hack and slash puzzle game, um, where you play as the the crow or raven that's trying to harvest the souls of the dead. Um, that looked really good to me. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Looking at it now, I do remember. Yeah, it did look quite cool. I am struggling to recall this one, but I will just take your word for it. <laughs> but other than that, like the, the main the main draw for the Devolver 
conferences, as they always are, is the conference itself. And it and it lived up to the bizarre history that they have, even if it didn't quite, it wasn't, it wasn't, what I mean earlier when I said that it didn't land is it wasn't funny. Like previous years, their, their broadcasts have been funny. This one definitely didn't mm. land that way. Yeah. I still do love Nina, though. I think she's the star of that place. Oh, yeah. Nina is an incredible... Awesome. I mean, she's a character. Like, she's played by an actress. Um, but Nina is a fantastic character. She's so well-written yeah. and so well-acted. Totally. Does she come back as a character in each of their shows? Is that how this works? Uh, or was she a character yeah, purely for this show? She's been in every single one, I think. From what yeah, I she has been in every one. In one way or another, whether it be that she was killed in it or she was, I think one of them, she was on the operating table for it. Like she's been in every one. I have to admit, though, I didn't actually realize she was a character. I thought she maybe like worked at Devolvers, like, I don't know, a manager or something. And they just drafted her in to be Nina. I mean, that would be incredible. Um, yeah, I, I I was watching it, wondering whether these were all actual Devolver staff members or whether they yeah. hire actors for the show. It was a it, it it was filmed by a film crew. I know that Nina Nina's name is not Nina. Her real name, I don't know much more than that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were all actors. It's kind of ruined it for me a bit. I quite liked the thought that it was all just them. <laughs> like during the day, they sit and like publish games, and then at night they're filming these bizarre nonsense presentations. They spend all they spend all year writing their next yeah. completely bonkers E three presentation, and then perform it, and then they just go back to making games again. Yeah, and then sell it for a grand. You just know that whoever bought that for a grand is going to stick that on eBay and probably make a small fortune of it in a few years' time. Why do yeah, I feel it was somebody like right. Logan or Jake Paul or something like that? Some idiot like that. I mean, that sounds about right. Ah, <laughs> oh, just punt those two into the sun. Oh, no love for those two. So the next major presentation was the xbox bethesda showcase this was more where they announced they announced a lot of great things so straight off the bat we got our very first look at starfield which is the uh newest game from bethesda we got to see little no in-game footage shown though little todd but uh (laughs) But unfortunately, didn't seem like they actually showed much in the way of actual gameplay. So still not really sure, you know, how it's going to play. And it seems like it's a long way from release. Like 18 yeah. months, isn't it? Next November, I think, they announced as a release date. I think, yeah, November or December or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's Bethesda, so they um, need to finish it and make sure that there's bugs in it. Because otherwise yeah, it's not a Bethesda got, game. They've got a year to create the bugs. Hmm. They've got a year to create the bugs, and then it will come out probably middle of 2023. Yeah. Broken, probably. <laughs> yeah. That's what we expect. It does kind of freak me out how big a game like that will be. It's the sort of game that I would look to start playing because it looks interesting, but then I see how long it potentially takes to ever finish it, and I would be instantly put off. 
I mean, the good thing about that game, though, like pretty much every game that they showed, is that they're on Game Pass, which means at least you exactly. don't have to, you know, spend 60 or 70 pounds to buy the game, play it for three or four hours and go, you know, actually, I'm bored of this. I've seen everything, but I feel like I have to keep playing it because I've made an investment. Yep. It, this is exactly why I think just think Xbox are just on fire right now, just because Game Pass is such a great thing. And I'll happily try a bunch of games that I would have never bothered my arse about. And now that I'll just get them for free. Like, that's the best. So, yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, absolutely. I think they spent a long time, you know, there there were, you know, I think throughout the life of the Xbox One that, you know, Microsoft got a lot of criticism for not having a huge amount of kind of variety in their exclusive games. Um, And they spent a lot of, money buying a lot of studios during that generation and i think now that's really starting to to sort of bear fruit for them in terms of these exclusive games coming to game pass you know they have full control over it mm-hmm. so the next thing i want to bring up i think from xbox bethesda and we brought this up before because Ruben and I are both huge fans, is the Back for Blood trailer. Mm. Like, I just want this game now. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. bored of waiting for it. Um, ah. Although, we, it's coming to Game Pass, so... <laughs> yeah, it's if we... coming to Game Pass again. Yeah. Don't have to buy it. We can play it day one. Um, hopefully, you know, they also... Uh, I can't remember if it's part of this presentation or if it was previously announced, the beta is coming in august mm. um an open beta so looking forward to being able to give it another try then after seeing how far it's come along from the alpha that we tried out last year yeah um so they were just a lot of fun sorry bro is, is this like an actual spiritual successor to left for dead then i don't know much about left for dead i've never played before yeah, yeah. Basically, it's it's the same developers, but I think because they're no longer, I, I'm guessing the Left 4 Dead franchise is owned by Valve. Oh, yeah. So because they're not, they're not making this game for Valve. This is about as close as they could legally make an actual sequel to Left 4 Dead without calling it Left 4 Dead Three. Um, but the idea is you're you're four survivors, um, and you just have to get from point A to point B surviving hordes and hordes of zombies coming at you along with a bunch of like kind of special mini boss type um zombies uh, it's just really good fun to play cooperatively with a bunch of friends as does ruben can attest yeah fun slash disastrous depending on what your perspective on that is yeah that's true mostly disastrous um yeah any any other games from Xbox Bethesda that people want to kind of pitch in with. So I love the look of 12 minutes. I've been waiting for that since it first got announced. I think it just looks so interesting. I'm happy that there's finally a release date. I think it's August maybe it's coming out finally. But it just looks so dark and so clever. I like the whole thing that he's reliving the same day over and over again. Like there's a lot of big um, acting talent in it. I think James McAvoy. I can't remember who else is in it, but there's there's quite a lot of big names in it. I just think it looks like a really really interesting game. So I've been waiting a long time for that. It looks cool. 
Yep, I'm with you on 12 minutes. I'll be... Absolutely, Because yeah. that's Game Pass as well, isn't it? So um, I'll yep, be yep. giving that a shot. Um, the only thing is, when that trailer came up, I was like, I swore it had a release date. So when it got to the end and it showed the release date, I was like, did we already know this? <laughs> um, but we clearly did. Oh, maybe it like, I just had in my... Oh. I just had in my head that we'd already had the release date, but um, but I looked into it and we definitely didn't. So somewhere in my head, I thought we already had the release dates. So that's fine. Well, um, we finally got one. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what that game's actually like in to, to play, as opposed to just watching the, the footage that happens in the... In yeah, because it's... It's still not really clear what you actually do. I, I'm not too sure what is actually involved in it, but it looks super interesting. Uh, for me, the first thing that I was truly taken with is Pirates of the Caribbean coming to Sea of Thieves. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. I have an absolute... And we, we've we not even played yet. Um I don't know. I don't think you have either. Have you? Yeah. Any, yeah. Um, I've played Sea of Thieves. Oh, have yeah. you? Oh, I didn't know you had. I only played it briefly, but yeah, I played it for a few hours um, a couple of years back. Ah, okay. So how big a deal is this then? Because when I watched it, I was just like, meh, like Jack Sparrow's in Sea of Thieves. But then when I seen the reaction, everybody was going nuts. So well, why is it such a I big mean, deal? I mean, small caveat, I am a bitch for the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Um, oh, right, okay. So there's an element of bias in my opinion on this anyway. Um, but for one, it's an excellent fit for the Sea of Thieves universe, bringing, mm. bringing in an actual kind of pirate legacy that exists in another media. It's a perfect fit. Two, it would appear, if we're not mistaken, because me and Mark watched this together, they've got the actual voice talent from Pirates of the Caribbean to voice the characters from the series or at least or at least a lot of yeah we can't tell 100 percent whether johnny depp's right or whether it's a whether it's a um sound alike yeah sound alike but it does sound a lot like him um and i think i I think for me the other thing is that it just seems to have been such a huge surprise like it's come out of nowhere hmm. that they've got this huge disney property appearing in sea of thieves even though, kind of in hindsight, it's a really obvious crossover. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were other games before that that I was just like, oh, that looks all right, that looks all right. So, like, uh, just just to throw out a couple, Forza Horizon 5 looks gorgeous. Not my sort of game, but it looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, I think, I think I, it's probably the best-looking game I've ever seen. I think it looks amazing. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, it? it looked incredible. And I think, you know, I, I mentioned this to you again, Reuben, when we were when we were watching it. I don't really have any interest in racing games beyond Mario Kart, but the idea of just sort of being able to drive around and explore a beautifully realized version of Mexico is quite yeah. appealing. Mm. This is exactly why. I, so I'm I'm exactly the same. I don't like racing sims at all. I, I find them boring. Um, but I played Forza Horizon Four quite a lot because it is kind of relaxing to just drive about in this map. Plus, my house was in it, so. I mean, what more can well, I Well, I mean, if your house is in a game, you've got to go in the game and find your <laughs> exactly. house, Exactly. Right? I drove to my house. I wasn't in the game. I was disappointed. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's quite peaceful to just sort of drive about and not really do much. 
Yeah. Because I think if I'm right, there's like a, almost like a kind of an exploration mode in this where you can just drive around and, and yeah, there kind of was an, sort of an almost story like elements. Yeah, there, it's similar to that in four. Like you, you pretty much just drive about anywhere you want, but there's missions dotted around everywhere in the map, and you can take part in whatever races you want to do at any time you kind of want to do them. So. I can I see it probably being quite similar. I'd imagine that's how Forza Horizon normally works, but I've never played them up until the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would probably download it when it comes out and, and sort of give that mode a, a go, even if I don't necessarily get involved in any of the kind of racing stuff. Yeah. Just And also just because of how incredibly beautiful it looked in the trailers. Totally. And I, you know, really want to see that for myself. Um. Another game that uh, stood out for me that I did not see coming as part of this presentation was an, uh, a release date announcement for Diablo 2 Resurrected. I somehow knew this was coming. <laughs> I don't know what gave it away. Um, you know, I've mentioned it before. I absolutely love Diablo 3, um, and I never had a chance to get around to playing Diablo 2, so I'm really excited. Is 3 the um, one that was on the Switch? Is this the one that I played? Yes. Yes, I really loved it as well, and I'd never played Diablo in my life before, and I really, really liked it. So yeah, this one looks good as well. And I think I think Diablo 2, again, is coming to all consoles it is, yeah. as well as PC. Um, it did, unfortunately, appear to be one of the very few games they showed that's not coming to Game Pass, but <laughs> um, can't have everything. Well, you're going to have to buy at least one game, Mark. What a shame <sighs> that is. It. Oh well. Um, I think it's a perfect switch uh, game, though. That for Diablo two. Yeah, it is, um, and Diablo three was as well. Um, yeah. I think I've I've put in um, a lot of hours to Diablo three on Switch, and I've put in as many, if not more, hours to Diablo three on PC. <laughs> Did you get Ganondorf? Uh, I don't think I did actually. <gasps> I don't remember. What was the point, otherwise? I just wanted to play Diablo. <laughs> I mean, you've got the Amiibo, so that's something. I do have the Amiibo, yes. Um, which is great, because it unlocks the uh, uh, the Treasure Vault kind of mini dungeon. I waited over a year for that Amiibo as well. Oh, that's the little red goblin thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it came out Nintendo released it, or Nintendo slash Blizzard released it, and it sold out immediately, and I missed it. And then a few months later, it came up again for pre-order, and I was like, right, on it, pre-ordered it. And then it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and I think it was almost exactly a year between pre-ordering the second batch and it actually being released. Nice. Which is very frustrating. Um, Ruben, I think you probably have some things to say about the Outer Worlds 2 trailer. Oh, I do. Not positive, Bad thing. though. Yeah. Oh, really? I I felt that this was going to be pretty ranty, but you're actually happy with it? No, not happy. Um, oh, the Outer Worlds two. You can't. You aren't funny enough, nor clever enough, <laughs> nor popular enough. To be able to pull off a trailer in which you take the piss out of the same things you're doing in your trailer. I was 
and Mark can corroborate this because we were watching this together. I was incensed at the end of this trailer <laughs> that they had <laughs> the really audacity were. to do that. Um, I mean, The Outer Worlds 2, from what I've heard, was a fantastic game. Not for me at all as a game. But um, when I saw this trailer, I was like, this is taking the piss. And for like, it may have landed for some people, but that, that joke did not land for me. I was not happy with that trailer whatsoever or that announcement. I think you're right. Um, I don't think that they necessarily landed the joke quite right. However, it is very in fitting with the humour in the game. So I think if you played the original game and you liked that humour, I think the joke worked. Probably did, yeah. May have been something I missed, but yeah. <laughs> no thank you. I, I thought it was okay. I, d- I didn't mind the joke. I can get why you might be pissed off at it. Um, they, they might as well have just shown a logo, really, for what it was worth. But I don't think I minded so much but Outer Worlds is something that I don't really care about in general anyway so I played it for a while I did enjoy it but not enough that I finished it but again it was one of those games that I picked up because it was on Game Pass Mm. Um, in fact it was the game that I originally subscribed to Game Pass to try out because it was a pound (laughs) to join Game Pass on PC for the first month I was like why not may as well Play it on day one, only spend a pound. And then I just say stayed subscribed to Game Pass ever since. So I think it must have worked <laughs> for Microsoft. It's just a good deal, to be fair. Um, he really is. I want a Uden Chronicle. <laughs> I think that's a good place to go. A Uden Chronicle looks so good. It's like Octopath style visuals, but with stupid wolf men characters i'm in sign me up oh yes i do remember you losing your shit the moment the wolf boy character appeared and i was like yes this is very much a reuben case yeah wolf boy character and then very quickly and only very briefly showed a shark boy character and i was like yep sign me up all of the animals (laughs) um um and it just look it looks like the sort of game i enjoy it looks like a action JRPG, which is precisely... Who's, who's the developer of that? I don't know. Okay. Not anybody like, obviously, fate. You know? No, I think, I th- if I'm not mistaken, I think Iudan Chronicle was Kickstarter, was a Kickstarter project. Um, okay. I think the, I think one or more, or some, or whatever, of the creators of Suikoden the JRPG oh, yes. series. Yes, actually, I think, yes, I remember we had a conversation about this um, because they don't have the li- they don't have the license to make the franchise anymore, but they wanted to sort of do a spiritual successor type thing. Mm. So I think that's what it is. I think it's a, it is a spiritual successor to Suikoden. Um, but yeah, I'm, I want it. Uh, and I'm annoyed that it's not coming until 2023. <laughs> um I mean, that, that, oh, did, they, did they say 2023? Did they yeah. Say, wow. 2023? There was two games two games in the Iod, under the Iodin Chronicle name that were revealed. 
one coming next year, which is a spin-off one, but the main one, or look like a spin-off one, but the main one's coming in 2023. So that's a long, old announcement ahead of time. Wow. Yeah, it really is. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong, Graham, but I seem to remember you were pretty hyped up by Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to Xbox at last. I'd... Honestly, I would never have given a shit about this ever in my life. For some reason, this I just love the look of it. Maybe it's COVID. COVID has made me go, right, I can't go and get drunk by a pool in Spain or whatever, but I can get in a fake plane and fly over my house again. <laughs> so You can see your house in Forza 4 and then fly over it with exactly, a plane. Exactly, yeah. I, I, I just think it looks amazing. I, I'll probably be bored within about five minutes but again because it's free and you can just download and play it it seems like the sort of thing that everybody should just try it's kind of just like a really relaxing chilled out game like we can't really go on holiday right now so we might as well pretend to be in a plane i just think it looks lovely it's a really weird thing to have suddenly become popular again like microsoft made a whole bunch of flight simulators oh, yeah. in like the 90s and then just haven't made any for like like 10 or 15 years and now suddenly it's like massively popular they've got this i mean it does look stunning like some of the some of the scenes they were showing of like flying over cities and like san francisco and stuff yeah like, this looks, in, you know, this to me. I think they've mapped the entire planet exactly. Because I think it, I think it uses um, Bing map data. It does, yeah. I just think from a technical um, level, then, it blows my mind that this game even exists. That you can actually yes. just fly to anywhere you want in the world. Every single airport in the world is in it in the game. I just think it's crazy how it even exists. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to playing it. Like I said, I'll probably play it for five minutes and be done with it. I'll maybe take a trip somewhere in my living room mm-hmm. and pretend that I'm flying. Just do it, do it once or twice. Yeah. Well, once you've figured out like how to like take actually take off and fly the damn plane. I'm hoping there's a really. You know, it is a simulator, so it's pretty. Well, hopefully there's it's, a really basic it's... mode where I can just press the A button and fly. Well, I have a I, yeah, hopefully. That. I have no idea, though. But <laughs> I do remember, certainly, like, the originals back in the day were, like, proper hardcore. You had to know, like, a million different keyboard commands just to take off. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do remember downloading it once uh, just so that I could uh, fly a 747 and then make it do a loop-the-loop. It did not like that. <laughs> well, what other reason would you get it for? You need to do that. I kind of want like a little passenger mode as well, so that I can feel like I'm actually in a plane, looking out, going on holiday as well. I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but surely being on a plane is like the worst bit of a holiday because you're like nah, I love... waiting, just sat there waiting I love to get on the actual. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I like being in a plane. Yeah, I actually like delivered. being on a plane as well. Yeah. It's the exciting part. I mean, I don't mind it for sort of anything up to sort of two or three hours. Um, but I think when you like doing a long haul flight and you're like on hour nine or whatever, and you're like, yeah. oh my God, I'm just so sick of this now. <laughs> I've run out of things to watch. I can't stand up. Well, t- to be fair, there's I, an awful smell. <laughs> a few years ago when I went to Bangkok, I had a traumatic experience where we got stuck in Dubai airport for nine hours and weren't allowed off the plane. 
So you would think. Oh, that... I had that. I had that flying back from Los Angeles, but <laughs> yeah. we landed in Canada, and equally we weren't allowed off the plane for about six hours. Yeah, it was just the worst. You would think that would traumatize anyway, me from I... planes, but no. I feel like we've digressed somewhere <laughs> from E3. <laughs> um, I think for me, the, the only, only other thing I wanted to mention was, um, if I remember rightly, uh, Redfall, which is yet another Left 4 Dead style game, but this time with vampires. I This looks great to me. Um, yeah, equally on board with this. Uh, and coming to Game Pass. So we, yeah. can, we can kill vampires <laughs> as a party and it doesn't cost us anything extra. When we're bored of killing zombies, right? Well, yeah, because, you know, we've got to be killing something. <laughs> if it's not zombies, it might as well be vampires. I really like um, the character designs in this game. I think they all look amazing. The, the woman with the really big hair, I just think she looks so awesome. I can't remember what her name is, um, but she just looks so cool. I think a lot of the designs for the characters are really great in this game. Hmm. And they seem to have quite cool looking powers as well. So her power that yeah. she can yeah, I think, create that little elevator. I think thing. that kind of is what differentiates it a bit from like Back for Blood, because obviously that is just a shooter. Whereas in this, there's definitely a sort of more paranormal sort of superpower element to it, where each of the characters has their own, you know, special, like almost magic ability. And yeah, you're right, the characters all... Um, they all have something about them that makes them kind of a bit more interesting than just a random character shooting things. Yeah. I've seen somebody say this about Arcane, is that they quite often, like with so many games, just having bog-standard, white, straight, gruff man, Arcane quite often deviate away from that and they have a lot more interesting characters than just the standard ones that are in every game. So I really like that about them. Yep, I agree with that. And also, Arcane have pedigree as well. Like, um, the, the, their games, from what I've heard, are consistently good. So it gives mm-hmm. a really good um, good idea of how solid an experience Redfall will be. Mm-hmm. Arcane did Prey, right? Yes. yes. And Dishonored. Prey, yes. Dishonored. Which was yeah. Prey and Dishonored, yeah. And Prey was doing... one of my favourite favorite games of the last generation. So They've got Deathloop coming as well. On PlayStation. Yes. Oh, yeah, they've got definitely yeah. coming. Yeah. That wasn't shown at E3. That's odd. Now I think about it. Well, because it wasn't, because they're owned by Microsoft now. So Microsoft aren't going to show a PlayStation game. Yeah. PlayStation didn't have their own, um, didn't have their own event. No, I just mean Deathloop wasn't at E3 at all. Just trying well, to who think. Else would have shown yeah, it? where else would it have been? Isn't it coming to PC? Could have been in the PC gaming show. Uh. Maybe. It could have been. Yeah, maybe. It also potentially could have been at Jeff's big thing. Not that that was E3, but kind of tacked on to E3. Jeff's big thing. Let's not talk about Jeff's big thing. Nobody nobody better about Jeff's big thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, was there anything else that anybody sort of felt stood out from the Xbox Bethesda? I think that's it for me. I just think in general, I really think Xbox done a really great job. Like, normally my E3 is about looking forward to Nintendo because that's kind of more my thing. Um, But occasionally, like, you'll get one year Sony just smashes it and another year that Microsoft just smashes it. And I think this year they absolutely did. I think quite often Xbox have a lot of games that are very similar looking. Um, 
And but I think this is the first year that they've properly said, okay, here's a massive bunch of games that have a ton of variety, and there's a lot for everybody mm-hmm. to play. Um, so yeah, I think they did an amazing job. And they didn't get too bogged down with like pointless celebrity exactly. cameos or that's the uh, big thing. Boring, like, cut out um... all the crap, and you'll have even if your games don't look amazing. If you cut out all the crap, then you'll have a decent show. I think yeah. Microsoft have definitely learned from that, uh, that mm-hmm. to go that and quick don't, fire. And don't, and yeah, and you'll have a... Don't don't bulk it out just to make it a longer show. Yeah. If you've only got five games to show, just make a shorter show. <laughs> or make it an email. Yeah. Yeah, just an email. Could have been an email. <laughs> yeah. Talking of which... Um, <laughs> no, actually, that's not fair. Um, it's fair. No, we'll get to that it, with... With Capcoms. Um, but before we get there, uh, Square Enix. So for me, Square Enix showed one of the games of the show, and oh. that was Guardians of the Galaxy. It does now, look great, to be fair. I'll admit, what they showed, they did go on a little bit too long. They could have cut that in half, and they probably should have done. But I'm a huge Marvel fan. Huge, huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, and that game just looks so good. The soundtrack is also pretty awesome and very fitting with the films, even though it's not directly based on the films. Where do you stand Um, on it? Where do you think the characters should be in terms of how they look? Does it feel odd that they're not like it doesn't look like Chris Pratt or whatever, or do you think it should be its kind of own thing? I think it's important that it's its own thing. And I think if you look at, um, for example, the Spider-Man game, um, you know, that Peter Parker doesn't look... Yeah, that's a very good point. ...too much like any other actor that's played Peter Parker. Um, I think people uh, picked on Avengers a bit, uh, apart from the fact that it just wasn't very good, um, just because the characters didn't look like the actors, but also they just didn't look very good generally. Like, they went maybe a bit too realistic. I think because they were going for something that looked so realistic, um, that's where it felt like they should have looked like the actors, whereas I think this Guardians of the Galaxy game has a bit more of a comic book-esque look to it, and therefore the fact that they don't look like the actors is fine. And I think the same with um, the Spider-Man game mm-hmm. is they've not gone for an overly realistic look with either of those games. They've gone for a more comic book look, and I think you know when they do that, it is it's better that they don't look like the actors. And the redesigns of the characters, or rather the well, yeah, I guess you could call it a redesign. The redesign of the Guardians for this game all look great. Yeah, like um, he, although he's very different visually from the comic book most of the comic book versions of of the character and also the movie version of the character the moment you saw him you knew that was peter quill yeah he looks so distinctly like that character despite having no features that or very few features that you'd expect that character to have he was still very distinctly peter quill um it's very much the attitude and stuff like that isn't it yeah the attitude, the the stuck in the eighties dress sense, um, yeah. 
and that just kind of smarm that peter quill has was just all there and it um i second what mark said i think that presentation could have been about a half maybe a third as long and yep. would have still got the point across and would have still been hype as fuck and i think them stretching out as long as they did actually served to water it down more than anything else because they actually repeated some of the guardians footage in the same presentation and which felt they really did, odd yeah. i'm like I've, I've seen this bit definitely the bit where he throws rocket is it rocket yeah. i'm not i, don't I think that got shown about three yeah times. <laughs> throwing him over a, a cavern I'm like yeah i've seen this a few times so yeah it definitely they didn't need to stretch it on as long as it did but i think that the trailer went down pretty well not hugely my thing i'm not a big marvel person but yeah i think it went down pretty well with everybody My, Freeman, how about you? my main issue with Square Enix, their presentation, is that a lot of the a lot of the announcements they made were either almost there, like were almost good announcements, and then they just made some bafflingly stupid fucking decision that Are ended you up. You're gonna mention there. Final Fantasy one to six for any chance. Yes. Um <laughs> or they just over egged things that didn't need to be over egged. So one to six is Graham's right. What was that? For them to announce pixel remasters of Final Fantasies 1 to 6 and then say coming to Steam and mobile. It's like Switch is right fucking there. It's funny that it's such a Nintendo thing to do though, isn't it? Announce this really cool thing, but have this stupid little asterisk. Mm. Why would you do that? I mean, the thing is, the the, the thing which is most annoying about that announcement is Final Fantasies 1 to 6 are already on fucking mobile. Like they tried to make yes, you could buy you could go onto the app store right now and buy Final Fantasies one to six. Um they didn't need to make that announcement. And the same goes for the um them showing the Warrior of Light from Final Fantasy One and then saying, Oh, he's coming to Brave Exvius. It's just like, oh fuck off, Square. <laughs> like that that announcement could have been cool, but then you you fucked it. And then the other one that I need to highlight as part of the but they fucked it segment, Babylon's Fall. Oh my god. Looked that... looked alright. Everything I heard about it sounded great. Then live service. Yep. They ruined it. What the fuck? I don't I don't think it looks great. I I've always thought that it looks ropey. And I don't like saying that about Platinum Games because I, I normally like everything that they do, but I think it looks kind of average. Um, and this this whole show, even without the live service thing, I still would have thought that, but the live service thing killed it. Mm-hmm. The moment I heard live service, I'm like, I am suddenly very disinterested in this game. And I don't think they did themselves a great service either um, by showing footage of Nier Automata. <laughs> during that segment because it's like this game looks so much better than babylon's yeah. Fall. this game came out years ago <laughs> exactly i i kind of wonder how platinum actually feel about the game as a service thing because it strikes me as something that was potentially not even their decision it's maybe come from higher than that from higher up yeah yeah i mean that certainly is what happened with avengers um yeah is my understanding because you know that was developed by crystal dynamics who you know originally worked on the rebooted Halo franchise, which was great. And then suddenly they were forced to do this live service thing that they'd 
no experience in, mm-hmm. no history of doing, and you know, fucked it up by all accounts. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like the same thing is trying to be pushed on to um, uh, Platinum. Which is a shame because they're so known for these great single player games. And mm-hmm. that's why this one just feels, yeah, it just feels very strange. Get rid of it and bring mm-hmm. Scalebound back. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that might be a lost cause. <laughs> I don't care. I'll hope for it forever. Um, the other one though, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, oh, the Final Fantasy Dark Souls. I've played that demo, the demo that came out after. Well, the once it finally worked. Yeah, once it wasn't corrupted, which is just a, such a fucking square thing. Um, and one thing I will say is that the trailer at E3 that they showed of the game does not do justice to how actually enjoyable it is to play. Um, I've seen people say I, that it, it plays fun, but it doesn't necessarily look that great. Oh, it looks like shit. I can say that quite happily. I was playing it in the... <laughs> in the fidelity mode instead of the performance mode so like 4k but 30 frames it looked so bad i'm talking like frame rate issues washed out yeah. visuals it looks bad what but was the joke i've seen online was there was a there was a reason that it didn't download properly on ps5 and it's because ps5 games aren't compatible with pre- ps3 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's it about looks right, that bad to be honest yeah um but like, it's an enjoyable game to play, and I'll be interested to see where they go with it. Because um, it's taken, in my opinion, it's taken the right things from the Souls. It's taken the right Souls elements, but not taken the frustrating ones. So yeah, I'll be interested to see where that one goes. But so, as a Final overall, Fantasy fan, then are you happy where that game? Are you happy this game exists then? Maybe. (laughs) Caveat. Yeah, I think, like, the game's enjoyable to play. The Final Fantasy elements are actually quite well put, interlaced with it. Am I 100% happy with it yet? I don't know. I'll have to wait and see more of it and see what happens. Um, Because I'm not happy that Nomura's involved in it, because I don't like Nomura. Um... And he's involved as much as he is, which I'm not happy about. Um, But it does look like it could become a pretty damn good game if the demo is anything to go by. So we'll see. Anything else for Square Enix? No, I don't think so. Uh, No, nothing that I'm... I mean, Life is Strange I'm going to be getting anyway, so, because True Colors looks amazing, but other than that, like, Square Enix was ultimately a huge disappointment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, on to the big one of the night, the PC gaming show. This ain't the big one. I've got, like, two games (laughs) I care about. That was sarcasm. Um, Yes. I will admit there's not a huge amount from the PC gaming show that I even know anything about, let alone 
uh, have anything much to say about. Um, yeah, same. Ruben. Okay, I'll just... I mean, I don't think we wanted to let the opportunity pass without mentioning a game called Raw Men. Yeah, but... I was going to bring that up. Raw Men is just a great name for a game. And the fact it's a play on words with the word ramen, because it's all in a ramen bowl, excellent. I have no idea what the game is about. I didn't watch the trailer, don't care. Um, but like, I saw that <laughs> name and I was like, now that is a good name. Whoever thought of that deserves a pay rise. Um, really, there was only two games in the whole of the PC gaming show that appealed to me. The first one, unsurprisingly to anyone who knows me, was a Souls-like, <laughs> um, uh, which was Solstice, that um, looks like a Souls-like, a, a kind of high fantasy Souls-like, but in a more futuristic um, way um, that has a lot more fast-paced combat than the, the slower of Dark Souls. That looks quite fun, so I'm keeping an eye on that. And the other one was Gloomwood, which was a retro-styled um shooter it looks like it's it was, it was made on the ps1 um but it's got a very gothic victorian atmosphere and it reminded mm-hmm. me quite a lot of nightmare creatures to watch the trailer and i fucking love okay. nightmare creatures so um yeah I, i've seen there's like two or three games out at the moment that have that sort of ps1 era style it's like it's it's kind of coming into vogue a little bit i mean good the ps1 was great um but otherwise, yeah, the PC gaming show, if you're, I would recommend it if you're a PC gamer. I'm not predominantly a PC gamer. I do play on PC, but not predominantly. Um, there were some pretty damn nice looking games in there. I mean, to mention, to mention a couple more that I have nothing to say about, but I'd recommend watching a trailer if you're, if, if, if it so happens to be your interest. Uh, Sacrifier comes to mind, Death Trash, which has a demo in the Steam, uh, uh, the Steam demo festival thing they've got going on um they always run looked quite fun as well so yeah give it a watch if you if pc game is your thing but yeah i'm a console gamer so except when we're playing the likes of left but that's not on console otherwise i play it on there no that's true um in terms of sort of phoning it in presentations then capcom holy fuck I mean, they showed... They certainly didn't announce anything new. Nope. Nope. Uh, they had the smiliest presenter I think I've ever seen in my life. They did the presenter. She smiled she more than I have in my entire there. life. There was, there was lots of weird camera things that was happening during that whole thing, and it was kind of making me a bit dizzy, and then they didn't really announce anything at all. It was, it was a very strange show. It was almost like they didn't need to be there. They definitely mm. didn't need to be there. The, the the Resident Evil Village DLC confirmation, I mean, that, that was, was literally nothing. That, that was, was literally that was, decided oh, about five minutes we're making some DLC. Before. That was it. <laughs> yeah. As if, as if it was a big surprise because they haven't had DLC for, like, every Resident Evil for the past three or four versions. Yeah. Um, um, everything else wasn't. That they had nothing to show, no title, no concept for the story, nothing. Just... There is some DLC. Yeah. And, I mean, they showed more great Ace Attorney Chronicles, but to be perfectly honest, I love Ace Attorney. I will be getting great Ace Attorney Chronicles, and I didn't really need to watch more gameplay to sell sell me that game, to be honest. Um, 
yeah, I'll be getting those. Um, and then for them, the, the, the I mean, the whole Capcom showcase is to 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 steal a phrase from Graham earlier. Could have been an email. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But for them, the, the most baffling thing of the whole thing was to then end on esports as their closing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like that was some big, exciting thing that they were trying to... I don't know. I just... Yeah, I, just the whole strange. thing was like, why? Why did you even bother with this? But like, the, um, the, the thing about the esports thing, it wouldn't have been bad if they announced anything. But they didn't. No. They just said, here's Street Fighter Five. It's a game we have. It does esports. Thank you for watching. It's like, like there's two more or one more, one or two more. I can't remember. But there are more characters to be announced for Street Fighter Five. That would have been the perfect opportunity to show something, but they didn't. Or just, like, just leave it to Evil and just announce all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Something like that. It felt like a very strange thing to include esports and have nothing. It was weird. Yeah. Agreed. And nothing they announced kind of goes past sort of July or August. It's like Capcom just ceases to exist after August. Yeah, yeah. and it was all just for games that we've already had or trailers for games that we've seen trailers for a hundred times before, like Monster Hunter Stories. It must have been like the fifth or sixth story trailer. And then there's another one in the Nintendo Direct yeah. as well. So it's just stuff that we've seen loads already. Yeah. So, I guess on the subject of Nintendo Directs, let's move on. Just what a show this was. Like, I mean, yeah, like right up there with Xbox in terms of yeah. just surprise announcements, excitement, and most importantly, Metroid. <laughs> yeah! yeah. I'd, I'd say that Can you believe probably... it? I'd say that was probably the I best. Really can't. That was probably the best announcement at this one, for sure. Honestly, my mm-hmm. little heart was beating so fast when I seen it. I was just like, no, they cannot be doing this. Surely not. Mind blown. I mean, I, I was again watching this with Ruben, I think you can attest at just how excited I got the very second. The word Metroid appeared on screen. Um He even uh, mentioned Metroid that, Prime Four. <laughs> Uh-huh. And that's still a brief fake out of yeah. well, you know, we're still working on Metroid Prime 4, but but here's another Metroid and we're like, what? And we almost the, got the, to see it, they, but it was a good alternative. Um Yeah. Yeah, it and it does look great. But like the thing I found really weird is Mark, I don't know whether you recall, but I actually but in a conversation we had about E3 before E3, I did actually specifically mention Metroid Dread. And I said, yes, what if they did. announce Metroid Dread? And then when that came did up, you I was wish like, it into existence. Clearly I wished I clearly <laughs> I wished this into existence. Um because I was because there were two things I said about um Metroid, uh, a potential Metroid announcement before E3. One, Metroid Dread, two, it being after Fusion. And these, these mm-hmm. both came up in conversations with Mark, and they have both happened at the same time in the same game. Yes. Thank you, Nintendo. Not only that, I have so many questions about this game. So many questions, and I can't wait to find out uh, both how they supposedly end this Metroid story arc, what that even means for the franchise moving forwards, 
after this game. Um, I think you it, know it. It seems to be big. Like I'm really excited to see how many people are so hyped up for this. Like it feels like one of the bigger news stories of E3, and it's really good to see how well it's doing already. Like it's been like the top of the Amazon charts, and it's the special editions have sold out and things like that. To see something, yeah, do so well that something like Metroid that means so much to us, but hasn't been like as popular mm-hmm. as other Nintendo games, it's just lovely to see that it could potentially actually break that Metroid curse. Yes, yep. I really hope so. I really hope it gets those sales numbers to to justify further sequels, both in the sort of 2D uh, space, uh, as well as, you know, paving the way for Prime 4 and, you know, maybe a trilogy port. Please. <laughs> that fabled trilogy port. Please, it has to Prime. happen. One in, what sort of a couple of interesting things I've noticed from watching both the trailer and some of the uh, Treehouse Live presentation of this. And I might have missed it. It might have been really brief, and you might correct me. I do not remember seeing Samus go into Morph Ball at all. It's de- it's definitely during... in the art. Um, there's art of Samus in a ball, but I don't recall seeing it in... Maybe, maybe but it has. Historically, it's sure. ba- it, I can't recall off the top of my head. Historically, it's like always the first power she gets, or almost the first power you get in any Metroid. Yeah. Game. You either start with Morph Ball, or it's the first one you get. And yet, you, I was watching that trailer going, oh, she, you know, and some of the Treehouse stuff. And they're relying heavily on kind of alternative uh, abilities, like her slide ability to go under small gaps. Mm-hmm. And instead of using Spider Ball, she's got like a spider grapple where she holds onto things on the wall yeah. and moves about. So it's interesting that um, they are either saving Morph Ball for much later in the game. Well, well, I'm guessing given that there has been an artwork of the Morph Ball, but they've definitely not shown it, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing I know, well, actually, there's still two more things I noticed. One is we saw a Chozo in the in the trailer. Yeah, briefly. I've seen you mention that, and a live Chozo. And we've not really seen one in, at least a living one in uh, Samus's um, time, which is weird because she was raised by them, and then suddenly they they disappeared. So it's not like they're a race that have been missing for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. They've been missing for at most like 10 or 15 years. But That's we still don't know Metroid where they've gone or why. itself as a game. I do, I do think so, it looks yeah. great though. I'm, um, I'm, I'm very, very happy with it. I love how how quick everything looks. Like The game looks so fast. Um, I, so, smooth, so smooth, so fluid, smooth, yeah. yeah it, and it really looks like they're verging on almost like horror-ish. It's very like mm-hmm. Alien, um, which is quite cool because Metroid was originally inspired by the Alien films. So it's quite cool that it, it looks very much like that when you've got those robots hunting Samus around. I just think it looks really, really cool. I'm very, very excited for this to come out. I think the the other kind of like law thing that I think that I had a question about was um, space pirates because they've not appeared in the trailer. But if it does tie into you know this, you know assuming the mention of it in Prime Three as the 
Dread project and how it's progressing ties into this game is where where the where the space pirates come into it. Well, I'm sure I'll be there in some form. I'm not going to say much more now on this, but I am currently writing a speculative article on Metroid Dread that does take these things into account, and I'm and I've made quite a lot of speculative. Um, remarks about how this could end the metroid saga mm-hmm. um so that should be coming in the next couple of days interesting but i believe they've also said that it does leave it it does at the end of the game leave it obvious how the, the metroid universe will continue afterwards which at least gives hope of there being more sequels further down the line mm. fingers crossed um now, for fear of this becoming uh, a Metroid special rather than an E3 special, <laughs> what else does anybody want to talk about from uh, from Nintendo? Oh, they said from Metroid. <laughs> I mean, there's an obvious one for me, and that's yep. going to, and that's going to be Breath of the Wild too. Um, I I figured it would happen. I, I figured it would come. I guessed it would release this year, but that didn't actually happen um but yes i I was super super happy to see it breath of the world one's my favorite game of all time i'm looking at rue as he stares me down with death glares about that but um (laughs) no i'm just super super happy to see it again i I really love how it looks i think it looks really really pretty i I love what looks like different power-ups you know you can see link fading through the ground and stuff like that um He's got some kind of special arm that's almost like the the, the Sheikah slate, but his his arm now. So I don't know what any of it means really, but I'm very very much looking forward to it. So um, yeah, I'm with you. I I wouldn't have uh, Breath of the Wild like at the top of my favorite games list. There were definitely things about it that really annoyed me, and I think the uh, similar things that annoyed Ruben. Uh, but I don't have quite the same level of disdain for it that Ruben has either. <laughs> um, but I am very much looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2 as well. Um, really excited to see what they do with these new abilities, uh, whether they bring back shrines, whether there's more in the way of like traditional uh, dungeons in there. Um and it looked gorgeous from that trailer as well. It did. And it looks super dark. I hope they really, really lean, lean into the dark thing. Because Breath of the Wild 2 feels Majora's Mask-esque in the sense that it's mm. almost like a sequel. Um, so I really hope they lean into that. Because Majora's Mask is one of my favourite games and that's probably because of how dark it is as well. So I hope they really lean into that in the sequel. I kind of agree. Uh, and it's and it's something that Nintendo have form with doing with the Zelda franchise with its sequels, because like Zelda Two is a lot darker than Zelda One. Majora's mm-hmm. Mask was darker than Ocarina of Time, and um, Spirit Tracks in a lot of ways was a lot darker than Phantom Hourglass. So, like, they they have form for doing it, and I I agree. If they were to like, if they all they really need to do is fix a couple of things that really fucking irked me about the first game and just go with that darker feel and i'm 100 percent in for breath of the wild 2 but like 
fuck weapon de- degradation. Like, literally, get that out Leave of Leave weapon degradation in! No, I'll be do not. Really sad well, that, I mean, they've already announced that it's staying, so... They've already announced they? what? Um, you've lost that one, Ruben. Yeah. I've oh, seen I've yeah. seen somewhere that they've they've said that they've that that's staying. Oh, get fucked. Um I think for me <sighs> Weapon degradation was one of the things that really fucked me off as well. Um, <laughs> I'm never gonna win but... you guys around. No, it, it, I... it completely broke my immersion every single time it happened. I can live with it if there are ways that you can repair, fix, or strengthen your favourite weapons because that was the thing that really fucked me off is, yes, there's a whole argument about it make, forcing you to play in different ways or to try out different weapons. But sometimes I just really fucking didn't want to. I just found a sword that I really liked and I wanted to use that sword and then it would last like five minutes at most and then it would break and I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, now I have to use something I really don't want to use. <laughs> yeah, See, I don't think I ever got that it would Sorry, go on, Graham. Yeah, I don't think I ever really got that attached to many weapons to care whether they broke or not. Some were difficult to get a hold of and things like that. Um, but I don't think I was ever really that bothered that they broke and I had to use something else. So, yeah, I guess that didn't bother me as much as there's other people. In other words, us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think for me it was more that I wanted to. I I liked out of all of the weapon types, and maybe it's just because this is what Link should use. Uh, as his main weapon is I liked a sword and so if I had one or two decent swords great but then if my two decent swords broke and then I had to use an axe or a pole arm or something I was like oh, no, I really I just want to be able to swing a sword <laughs> or a ladle I mean and now I don't now only I, I only have a really shit sword left because my decent swords just broke um, mm. whereas I think maybe if they could do something similar uh, to what they did in Age of Calamity, where you could like strengthen and infuse. Like, if you picked up like five or six really shit swords, you could like merge them together and infuse them to make one stronger sword that lasts longer. I, you know, That's I think that idea. would be a, an acceptable compromise and balance mm. between the two systems. Yeah, I um, quite like that idea actually. I mean, that's. I mean, weapon degradation was probably one of the reasons why I. I loved Age of Calamity and didn't like Breath of the Wild um, because I loved the world, I loved the characters, I loved the setting and the story that was unraveling in Breath of the Wild, but I didn't enjoy playing it. So when I when obviously Age of Calamity came out, which you know, very small thing, but it had DLC announced at, at E3 during the Nintendo Direct, like. I loved being able to explore and get around that world and do things in that world in a play style that suited me, um, mm-hmm. which is why I loved Age of Calamity so much. Because I, I gave, I think I gave Age of Calamity like a nine when I reviewed it. Like I reviewed it really high, um, which was out of the ordinary compared to other people's reviews, which rated it around yeah. seven. Because I loved that game so much. Um, I just love Hyrule Warriors in general. There's just something about those games that have just... There's so much to do in them. Like, the the original Hyrule Warriors, well, all the additional collections and stuff, it's crazy how much there is to do. And there's quite a lot in Age of Calamity as well. Yep, looks like they're going to do the same with this as well, that they're just going to increase the the DLC. Um, But, I mean, we all know I'm going to get Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, of course you are. 
because it gives me you... something to complain about more than anything. <laughs> and you love nothing more than a good fight. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Slash rant. So is it um, gonna, is it gonna... I think overall this. Sorry, go ahead. Is it going to come out on a Switch Pro? I think that is that, that the question. I would personally, I think yes, and I think there will probably be one announced in the next couple of months. Mm. Is my gut feel. Um, I hope so. Nintendo have form for announcing uh, enhanced versions of their consoles in within two or three months after E3. But it's good. They did it with a Switch Lite. They did it with a new 3DS. Um, you know, it's it does seem to be a pattern with their sort of enhanced or, or subsequent models that they they announce them just after E3. So fingers crossed. It's good we've reached a point where we can predict Nintendo stuff based on the fact they always do the same stuff. <laughs> it's been so long. And then they just go and do something completely bonkers just to throw you off the scent every now and again. True, true. Yep. This, this is true. Um, yeah, sorry. And I, what I was going to say is I think more than anything, this Nintendo Direct was really uh, a great throwback to anybody that sort of played a Nintendo games in like the early 2000s. Yes. So not only did we have Metroid coming back, uh, we have a reboot of Advance Wars, which, you know, I'm not great at those kinds of turn-based strategy games, but I know a lot of people love Advance Wars. Advance Wars is great. Really I'm happy for people. I'm not keen on the style that they're going with. Like, I really like the look of the original Advance Wars. I'm not really sold yet on how it looks, but Advance Wars are just great games in general, so I'm really happy to see that come back. Yep, same. And another throwback to that era um, was WarioWare. Yeah. Again, it just looks bonkers fun. It really does. It's good to finally have multiplayer on it. I think that's probably something that's been missing from WarioWare forever. Mm. So to yeah, just have two of right. playing it's the games definitely together something so much that... fun. Um, Super Monkey Ball, again, not a Nintendo-developed game, but, you know, very much, again, from that same era. Uh, and I I really loved the first two Super Monkey Ball games on uh, GameCube, um, particularly uh, the sort of party game mode in Monkey Ball 2 was great. And isn't this a collection? Yeah, I think it is. It's like a remake of some of the levels. Yeah, it's, it's, the, first, it's the first three games, basically. Uh, remastered for Switch. That's not bad. I mean, if it, if it has a reasonable price point, I do not see any reason why that won't do well. Yeah, I think it'll be good fun. I'm, I'm very bad at Monkey Ball, but I think it'll be very good fun. Oh yeah, I was like terrible when it came to like some of the later levels. They really hard. Possibly hard. Yeah. But... If you ever watch a speed run of Monkey Ball, it's the most impressive thing I've ever seen. You're just crazy at speedrunning. Oh, yeah, because you can, like, people figure out how to, like, the physics and how to, like, yeah. launch those balls, like, really basically exactly. right to the end of the level and skip. Speedrunners in general are just impressive, um, but. Yeah. Watching speedrunning is a terrifying experience. Um, just a. Just a quick digression, because we haven't had a digression in this set, in this, in this episode yet. Um, 
Oh, we definitely did. We started talking about planes. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Dimension number two after um, the flight simulator one. Um, I don't know whether you ever saw this, Mark, but I think it was at Awesome Games Done Quick, and I think it was either last year or the year before. There was four speedrunners speedrunning Super Metroid at the same time. I see And it had all four screens. And my God, watching some of the stuff these speedrunners do was just I terrifying. didn't see that, but I have seen a speedrun of Super Metroid, and yeah... It is just unbelievable some of the tricks they they do to sort of zoom through those levels. I just love the, those speedrun races are just so much fun. The, I seen the last one there was a speedrun of um, Ori in the Blind Forest, and it was just so entertaining to watch because there was one person losing the entire thing until literally the last fight, and then they won. They were just really good to watch. I mean, what's the? I mean, I think the what the one the Super Metroid one was. If they die, they're out. I think that was the that that was the stipulation ah, on cool. it. So that's a that's a real that's you got to walk a real balance there, especially if you're speed running between um, getting power ups and getting the quickest time. Mm. It was just really entertaining. Um, yeah, I think in terms of sort of. Well, I mean, we've mentioned a lot of the games. Um, Project Zero, kind of one of the last remaining Wii U holdouts. Yeah, that was a strange announcement. I'm ready to be scared again. It's, yeah, I played it on Wii U, and I was even more of a scaredy cat then than I am now. Um, So I reckon if I was to play it again now, I would probably be able to do it. Um, so I'm definitely willing to give that a try. Um, it's just the fact yeah, you can I really defend I... yourself with a camera. <laughs> I think that's funny. It's just terrifying more than anything. Give me a gun, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, surely you just, just pretend the camera is a gun and it's basically the same thing, right? That's what no, you did in because... Pokemon Snap. <laughs> no, because like, let's just, let's go with Resident Evil 7 as a comparison here. Resident Evil 7, when you see the creature, no matter how far away from you it is, you can shoot it. Project Zero, you do more damage the closer the thing is to you when you take the picture. Well, I mean, that applies to shotguns, though, surely. You clearly didn't watch me play Resident Evil 7. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. I tried, but it didn't work. Um, Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Fun little announcement that came completely out of the blue that I didn't see coming. Yep. I think there's only one Wii U game left, and that's Xenoblade X. Don't know if that'll ever happen, but um, I can't think of any other Wii game. I think, Wii I, game. Think, I, think you're, I think you're forgetting about Devil's Third. Yes, that's right. That should have been one of the first <laughs> ones. Really. Everyone is clamouring for Devil's Third. Yep. Nobody All two of them. <laughs> Um, Mario Party Superstars, another kind of surprise announcement. I'm still disappointed this wasn't DLC. More than anything. I think they probably just looked at the amount of content and thought... Could easily make it a new game. There's enough here. There's there's enough here for this to be a new game. Um, I guess, I, I mean, that's probably... 
all that all that it came down to is like, well, there's enough content here for this to be a separate game. We either make it DLC but charge a full price, or we just make it a standalone thing. And I guess that's just where they went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, uh, money's gonna be the draw, isn't it? That's that's the thing. They can mm. get more for selling it as a standalone title. Uh, which is what you said during the pre- during our watching of the presentation. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it looks good. Mario Party always looks good. It's always a fun experience. Well, fun, fun may not be the right word, but like it's always an enjoyable experience to play with friends. Fun slash frustrating. Yeah, um, um, I think I think what they've got going for the in their favor here is is one it kind of fixes a couple of the complaints about Super Mario Party, which is. It's going to be online from the start, mm. and we're not waiting three years for an online mode. Um, and that all of the mini games can be played with a traditional controller rather than, you know, motion controls, yeah. which I think a lot of people complained about from, from Super Mario Party. Yeah, totally. Um, but also, although there are no new mini games, they've got like ten Mario Party games worth of mini games to pick the best ones. So I'm really hoping they really have picked the you know, the 100 best mini games from those 10 games or however many it is. And, you know, they're all bangers of mini games. Yeah. I mean, if it, if, if it, if it comes out yeah. at a reasonable price, I probably will pick this up. Um, just because Mario Party games are just a fun thing to have, like, for when you have visitors or um, or whatever. It's just a fun, fun little game to play. Not much more to say. And I think this is probably something for, for you guys more than me, but how did you feel about the Smash reveal? I'm so so on it. I think the character makes sense. Um like it makes sense to have something from Tekken, because that's not really in the game. I think that I think there's maybe a few Tekken me costumes, but it, or maybe not actually, I'm thinking of something else. But it makes sense for is. a Tekken character to be in there. Yeah, I, I would prefer other people, but I'm very much one of these people that I don't care what Smash characters announced. As long as they're fun to play as, then it could literally be Mr. Blobby. And I don't really care. I'll happily play as Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Which is a great attitude to have when it comes to these characters, right? Yeah, yeah everybody gets so angry about that, it. That they're fun is the most important thing. Exactly. As long as the characters are fun to play as, and pretty much every character from the DLC has been really fun to play as. So I'm happy with whatever gets announced, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree with exactly that sentiment. The only the only character I disagree on is Steve because I do not understand how to play that fucking character. Um, oh, nobody does. But like, every character has been great and unique and interesting to play as. And to be honest, my main was in the base game, so I couldn't give a fuck anyway. So, um, me too. But like, it's just a really like Kazuya. It's just continues this trend with the Smash DLC characters where they could be fucking anyone. Oh, yeah. Like, there's been so many wild cards in the DLC, like Joker, for instance, Steve, um, uh, Banjo and Kazooie, like uh, Terry Bogard from King of Fighters. There's been so many characters that have been just like, sure, why not? Um, Why not? That, that was pretty, yeah, that was pretty much my my response to Kazir as well. Sure, why not? I like them. Be, go the most bonkers as you can. I don't mind. Mm. 
That's what's fun about. And what about that uh, that fake out right at the start of uh, carrying a dead Ganon? Yeah, I didn't really know what was happening at that point. I I thought it was maybe Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> I was like, no, they've killed the god Ganon. No, I didn't. I know can't what was remember. Happening, but it was cool. I mean, Mark and I watched this together. I can't remember at what point I worked out it was Kazuya, or I worked out it was Tekken. It was. It was soon. It was pretty soon you worked out it was Tekken. Um, because I said, oh, look, it's Ganondorf, but that's not the right art style for Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. I think it's the moment... And that was the exact point that you went, this is Smash. <laughs> yeah. And then I think it's when I saw the volcano, I was like, this is Tekken. Um, but there's three, there's three fucking characters that could have been... Canonically, in the Tekken series, there are three characters that throw people into volcanoes. So it's like, sure, I'll take your pick. Um, <laughs> doesn't throw so, Kirby at the volcano, yeah. though. Kirby nope, escapes. Because Kirby like... is indestructible. Well, he tries. <laughs> Sakurai would never let anything happen to Kirby, let's be fair. Oh, no, absolutely not. He's the only one that survived Smash in general. Yeah, he's the only one who survived the story mode. So. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that was shown, but I'm not sure whether either of you would have had any interest in it, for me, was Shimigami Tensei. I am interested now, and I've never played a game before, um, but I really like the look of it. I like how weird it looks and how... I mean, all I'm going to add... Sorry. All I'm going to add to this is um, just the I don't know her gif. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much the same. I don't know much about it at all. I it feels I know everybody probably makes this comparison, but it feels very Persona, and I'm sure Shin Megami Tensei existed before Persona. I don't know what the deal is there, but it looks cool. Persona Persona is a spin-off of Shin Megami Tensei. Is that what it is? Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Persona series is just a spin-off, which is why if you if you've played Persona, a lot of the demons in Shimagami Tensei yeah. are the same as the personas in Persona. That's where I reckon that little carrot person. Yeah. With the sassy legs. I recognise that from like the one hour of Persona 5 that I played. I'm like I somewhat envy you getting out that quickly. I'm up to like fifty-five <laughs> Plus I really wanted to try. It's it was just such a big commitment. I would have loved to commit to it, but yeah, it's a bit too much. Can confirm it is a big commitment. <laughs> I have not even tried, and I don't think I'm going to. I do not have time for that. No. I mean, the only thing we haven't really spoken about. Is the Zelda Game and Watch, which is a thing that exists. Mm. I think it's a lovely little collector's item. I don't think I would ever mm. buy it. Um, I think it's cute. I thought they would have a link to the past. I thought it would have made sense to have a link to the past rather than a Link's Awakening. Um, mm. But yeah. It seems like they're keeping them very much to the NES games because that was that was a deal with the Mario one as well, right? Yeah. The, well, the Mario game was the Mario one was just the first Mario game. Yeah, um, so the fact that you get the first two Zelda games on this, it's a slightly better deal. 
Um, I mean, I don't think, like, because I bought the Mario one, but I don't think, unless they were to do a Metroid one, and it had Metroid 1 and 2. I mean, now I we're talking. pick up a Metroid one, but... Um, yeah, if they were to do a Metroid one, maybe I might be interested in that. If it had Metroid 1 and 2, I could get, mm. I could get on with that. Um, but otherwise, nah. Um, well, yeah, I guess that, I think that's. I mean, we've we've pretty comprehensively covered the Nintendo Direct there. <laughs> yeah, we really have. So, uh, Ruben, what what was your best of the show? E three as a whole. Oh, game or 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 conference? Uh, both. Why not? Nintendo for conference easily uh, mm-hmm. xbox was great mm-hmm. but nintendo just had more consistent hits for me um mm-hmm. best game of the show though um because there was a lot over e3 um i think as much as as much as I love Metroid and as much as I will be getting and I will be demolishing Metroid Dread when it comes out because I, I fucking love that. Love, love, love that series. In terms of things shown at E3 that I was most excited about, I think, and this is probably going to be a shock, it, it's probably Redfall. Okay. Interesting. I over over the course of lockdown, I've really been bitten by the by the multiplayer online multiplayer bug when it comes to video games. So not only have I been playing Left 4 Dead with Mark and a couple of others, but um, we've also done uh, Four Swords Adventures online. I've got into I've, I've got into Fortnite over this time as well, and I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. Like seeing a game, not only like Left 4 Dead, which I enjoyed anyway, but a more gothic version with vampires, which is my much preferred supernatural like antagonist. Like the moment I saw Redfall, I was like, I'm intrigued. And by the end of that trailer, I was like, I need this. I absolutely need this. With Even without Dread, gameplay, very close you're still, still happy with just the trailer itself. That's tidy enough. So we get some yeah. gameplay. Well, yeah, because it's our game. I know the gameplay is going to be solid. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have no. I have no. Like, Good it's choice. not as if this is a developer I don't know. I. They. The, yeah. the gameplay is going to be solid. How about you, Graham? Your choices. I. I think it's probably a tie between Microsoft and Nintendo. Um, I feel that I would have probably said Nintendo, but I. I was just so impressed with Microsoft, so I, I would say it's probably a tie. Um, my game would probably be Metroid Dread, but if I was to pick something a bit less obvious, I actually think I would probably say Forza Horizon 5, which is weird for me because that's not my type of game at all, but there's just something about it that just impressed me so, so much. So I would, yeah, I think I'd put that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You're right. I was really impressed by Forza Horizon 4 at uh, five as well. Um, not enough that I'm going to pick it as my game of the 
game of the show. Um, I think, like you, you know, I've the obvious choice for me is Metroid Dread, uh, a game that has been rumored on and off for fifteen years, finally being made real. Uh, my 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 kind of second backup choice, though, would definitely be Guardians of the Galaxy, because that is also right up my street. So very excited to play that. Um, and like both of you, I you know Nintendo had that. Sh- E3, that was that was you know so many, uh, so many great games announced. Um, and they were both you know, October, didn't aren't they? Necessarily make everybody happy. Sorry, well, they're both October, aren't they? Guardians of the Galaxy and Metroid. So you're going to have a fun. October. Yes, I am going to have a busy October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Um. But yeah. Um. I think overall a pretty good E3 considering it's the first one we've had in two years and we've been in a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that too. Um, there was a few disappointments, Square Enix and Capcom namely, but yes. overall yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Whether, whether that be the camaraderie with watching it with Mark or um, the announcements itself, I, I enjoyed myself. And it's also great that all three of us pick metroid dread (laughs) (laughs) either as our first or second choices but we all had very different second choices though yeah which is good um so uh this has been our e3 special of quiz at play uh graham how can how can people find you if they want to they want to follow you or get to know a bit more about you can find me on Twitter at Sammy Gameboy, I T S A underscore me underscore Gameboy. And yeah, I've been Mark and I've you know, I've been joined by Ruben as always. Yep. I was here. <laughs> you were definitely yep. here. And yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Graham. It's been great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me on. It's nice to finally speak to you both. Thank you. Yes, yeah, speak, speak you to too. you actually properly. And yeah, yeah, I I echo Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. And what has become our longest ever episode, I think, now. Yep. Just under two hours. <laughs> it's that goddamn digression to do with planes. <laughs> Happy editing. Yeah, that took up like 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm leaving that in. That, that shit stayed, for sure. <laughs> Um, and we will be back next week for our regular uh, regular episode, episode five. So see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.